Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What up, Fightful fam, and welcome to 1-2 Punch. Player 1, Shaquille Madjui. Player 2, Easy e Spencer Kite. How's it going, buddy? Going well, man. How about you? I'm doing well. I can't complain. Sorry, guys, for the slightly late start. Uh, I basically don't have my shit together, but here we are. <laughs> and I hope that doesn't get us uh, de-added right off the bat, but it probably will. What you going to do about it? All right, guys, welcome to One Two Punch. If you're a fan of the program, thank you for being here as always. If it's your first time, maybe you hopped on the Spencer Kite bandwagon over to Fightful MMA. Let me give you a quick rundown of how we operate. Uh, it's news talk, but it's on a win-lose-draw system. What that means is we're going to sign the week's biggest winners and losers before drawing up a little preview for UFC Vegas 20. Uh, and, you know, just a clarifier here, we're not calling people winners and losers except for when I am. <laughs> Uh, but it just means whose stock went up, whose stock went down, promotions, pay-per-view numbers, whatever we got going on. Let me hit my snazzy animated intro. Oh, that's the wrong one. Boom. There we go. All right, quick reminder, guys. If, uh, if you can please hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. All those small acts go such a long way to helping us run smoothly. We really do appreciate it. Hit us up in the chat. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, and most importantly, it lets me know that things are running smoothly. I don't have to keep putting my uh, ear to my headphones like a maniac. And if you're feeling extra generous, a little super chat donation would really warm the heart. All right, Spencer, that's enough of me shilling. And I got to know right now, for the remainder, I know you, but for those who don't, are we calling you E or Spencer for the remainder of the program? Oh, we're Spencer. There's no, <laughs> there's no entourage references. There's no just E. It's just, it's... Yeah, it's there for byline purposes only. No one other than my mother calls me, ever references my first name. So right. that's it. I will say, though, uh, I feel like the E stands out. It's a good, it's it's, good for the it's byline. It's handy. Yeah, it's, it's handy. It's great for the byline. It's a, it's a reference to my grandfather, who's one of my kind of artistic influences. So it's, it's, cool. it's welcome to be there. I'm happy to have it there. It's been there from the jump. But yeah, nobody drops any E's. All right, let's get on with the show. We're going to go with uh, the winners first before moving on to the losers. So, you know, it's a few days removed, but considering uh, from a name value perspective, Saturday's card's a little limited. People are still talking about Derek Lewis, the <laughs> Black Beast, coming up with that huge uppercut win, uh, knocked out Curtis Blades cold in a fight that up until that point, Blades was handedly winning from my perspective. Uh, here we are, Derek Lewis, who... I think for a long time, people, myself included, have sort of been labeling as like a guy who's always got that one-shot knockout power, but isn't really a title threat at the end of the day. But here we have him, probably like number two in the division. And when the smoke clears between Miocic, Nganu, and John Jones, he's probably your guy to get the next shot if things continue going this way. Do you think Derek Lewis... Beyond beyond a puncher's chance, I know in a sense that's a big part of his game, but realistically, do you think there's a chance by 2023 we could see Derek Lewis as world heavyweight champion? Ooh. I, I'm going to say no 
but it has nothing to do with Derek Lewis. It has more to do with the people that are ahead of him mm-hmm. or the other people in the division. I think Derek has really improved. And I think as much as we always talk about, as you said, the puncher's chance and, and the, the thing that sucks about a performance like last weekend against Curtis Blades is that a lot of people will look at it and go, oh, well, that's just the thing Derek Lewis can do is yeah. land one. But there's elements to it and there's pieces to these last few fights that to me have, have really been kind of flying under the radar. It's a four-fight winning streak since he had knee surgery to repair the ACL that was bugging him for years that caused some of the back problems. He's now able to do more of a strength and conditioning routine, better overall training regimen than he had kind of on that way up. And so I think there's a little bit of, of improvement and development that kind of goes unnoticed because Derek is always just going to fight the way he does. Um, But I mean, he's, he's a guy that I think is, is very much capable of just sticking around that top five, top three. He may not win the title because there's the Miosic, the Nganu, there's John Jones coming. There's the guys that are fighting on Saturday that are, that are in that conversation as well but I think he's very much in that mix. And, and when you have that puncher's chance, absolutely anything could happen if he, if he does get in there. I got to stop you. Miosic? Mi- mi- what did you say? Miosis? Miosic? Miosic? Is that how you Miocic? pronounce it? Dude, I don't know if anyone can get a, like their thumb on the pulse of how you actually a pronounce positive, it. A positive, yeah. yeah. Miocic, Miocic. Like there are names that people pronounce wrong, like Nurmagomedov, but we kind of unanimously do it. I can't think of another fighter whose last name is so <laughs> disputed, and it's like five letters. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do this then. Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis won, was perhaps the stinker of all stinkers. <laughs> um, those two big boys left some big duties in the cage. How do you see a rematch going? Do you think it would be more exciting? Was that a product of a Francis Ngannou with shattered confidence coming out of the Stipe fight? Um, or is this, you know, do we see it going the same way? What would you make of a rematch there? I think a lot of it had to do with that Stipe fight. I mean, he talked about it, right? That fight absolutely broke him down in terms of his confidence. It made him super hesitant. I think what Daniel Cormier talked about this week is a part of it as well. You see the power that Derek Lewis has. You see his ability to change a fight in an instance and you don't necessarily want to engage, especially if you're a guy that's coming off that kind of humbling loss that Francis Ngannou had. So it makes you that extra step and your bosses, you know, absolutely hammered you after that fight. So you don't want to make any more mistakes. And then you go out and have that fight. I think it goes differently because I think they're both just different fighters. I mean, part of it too is two sides to every fight, right? Francis Ngannou didn't engage, but Derek Lewis was, was super injured, was super incapable of doing some of the stuff that we expect Mm -hmm. from Derek Lewis. So I think healthier, both physically and mentally for both of these guys, it turns into a different fight. I think we probably get the fight that we expected the first time, but there is always that possibility. It's kind of like when we get the, you know, the two kickboxers, it turns into a wrestling match. Two grapplers, it turns into a bad kickboxing match. There is a possibility that they just look at each other and neither one of them really wants to get too close. And, and we end up getting Makes a repeat sense. of that staring contest. I wouldn't want to. All right. And this this final question on this is going to be kind of moot by the time the dust settles. But just for fun, looking at where Stipe Francis and John Jones are at right now, 
There are so many variables. What's Stipe going to feel like after three wars with Daniel Cormier? Has Francis Ngannou really improved um, in the wrestling department? And what does John Jones look like at heavyweight? But with all those unknowns in mind, who do you think Derek Lewis has the best chance of beating out of those three guys? Out of those three guys, I would probably, this is going to sound wild, but it's probably Francis Ngannou. I agree. Um, Just because you don't have to worry as much about the wrestling. If he gets in there with Stipe, it's going to look a lot like the fight with Daniel Cormier and a lot like Stipe's fight with Francis Ngannou. Get in, mix it up a little bit on the feet, but lean heavy on the wrestling. I think John Jones is smart enough to do the same. You don't want to mess around with that power. And so I think it's, I think it's Francis Ngannou, which is a really weird statement given that Francis Ngannou hasn't needed more than like 90 seconds to beat someone in three years. I would never, if, if someone's like, you got to be a UFC fighter, what division are you fighting at? I would not pick heavyweight, man. Like, you know, the bodies, the bodies do not always grow in proportion with the head. Like you get to a point <laughs> where you're just, your opposition is so big and you can dole out punishment, but you can't take it to the same degree that someone in a lighter weight class might be able to. It's, uh, it's sometimes just, especially with the no crowd, sometimes when you hear the thud between two big boys, it's yeah, scary, it's- man. It's di- and it's a different sound. Like yeah. you sit there and you hear it. And I mean, I've been at some of Derek's fights. I've been at, you know, we've all seen a bunch of heavyweight fights live, and it just it sounds different and it really scary. Because if the UFC said right now I have to step into the octagon, I have to fight at that division, and so that probably should be you know reason for me to try to get to <laughs> get to two hundred five. <laughs> Cause I'm only five ten, like I don't have the size to really fight in that division. I'm Roy Nelson, and I don't want to be doing that. So yeah, that's that's probably good reason for me to get to light heavy. Yeah, anyone looking to shut off the quarantine, the quarantine fifteen, the COVID nineteen? Yeah. Uh, just know one day someone might force you into an octagon that's right. out of your weight class. That's good. All right, let's move on because we have a bunch of topics to cover. Uh, this next one. People are going to hate. I might just tune off right now. <laughs> I get so much shit online every time that I bring up the words Jake Paul. But what people don't seem to understand is that not only is this business from the top down, you know, it may not be what I want to talk about, but it's definitely <laughs> what draws company money are the words Jake Paul. And that's not a consequence of what I'm putting out there. It's a consequence of what people are digesting. And I think that's a big thing that people get wrong a lot of times. But look, every time I rip one of Jake Paul's (laughs) videos off Twitter and put it on YouTube, it is the best performing video of the week. And maybe that says something about my own quality of work, but it's true nonetheless. Uh, Jake Paul comes out with another one of these uh, you know, like two-minute, one-minute, two-minute parodies where he's pretending to be different fighters. And Look, people think that his brand of comedy is stupid, and, and guess what? It's pretty pretty damn stupid. But, and this is what I say, MMA, from an entertaining personality standpoint, is a vacuum. It is an endless black hole of bland, boring people. So the reality is, it doesn't take much more than a Jake Paul putting on a Habib wig and a bad <laughs> accent and saying some nonsense to get people's attention because we're that starved. You yourself uh, in a DM described it as like what mildly amusing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's That's mildly it amusing. There's yeah, exactly. That is all it takes. Um, do you think? I mean, I think it's been proven. But what do you make of Jake Paul's sort of 
brushes with combat sports and MMA. Look, we all know he's not going to get in there with Connor, Nate, Habib, any of the bunch. But do you see a problem in what he's doing and what it means for like this, the overall sport? I don't in that he's clearly figured out the right lane for him. Yeah. And to he and his brother's credit, they are taking the boxing side of it seriously. They are actually training. They're getting in shape. They are, are learning the craft. Are they necessarily going to, are they trying to be world champions? Of course not. They are trying to make as much money as quickly as possible. And they have figured out a wonderful little lane to travel down that is going to help them achieve that goal. And so I get the purists that say, you know, it's terrible that Jake Paul and Logan Paul are two of the biggest names we're talking about in boxing right now or in combat sports right now. And I would a hundred percent be on that side of things from a, there's other people more accomplished, more successful, more deserving of that attention. But as you said, this is what people are talking about. These are the people that, that fans and consumers are gravitating towards. And so as much as it really does pain me to say this, I have to give them their due. They have figured it out. They have cornered the market on, nonsense videos nonsense you know drive-by water balloonings of dylan danis picking fights with dudes that they could probably beat in fights that's the other part Uh-oh. they're winning Uh-oh. they're winning and so i mean well i mean logan fought, paul is not beating floyd fought, mayweather but they've fought thus far okay okay let's get to that i mean i think i think we can all say that floyd's yeah. gonna box the ever-living crap out oh of yeah logan paul but i want your prediction right now ben Askren, jake paul what's Oof. happening Man, <sighs> that, 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 that's so the answer. That is that's so the telling. answer. That's my answer. Yeah. Because I want to sit here and be like, Ben Askren is a, is a, you know, world, world-class wrestler, great mixed martial artist, but it's, it's neither of those things. Yep. It's boxing. And you know, Ben's boxing isn't great. And so I feel so bad because Ben, Ben, Ben has been like very accessible, relatively accessible he's, to he's me. He's a great dude. Yeah. Very nice. Gave me some great content that we still haven't gotten to publish. We got to get that up. Uh, I feel bad even. I, like, I, I try to avoid this conversation like the plague because I like Ben Askren. It's a, I mean, I understand why he's doing it. I understand why he was kind of the guy that they were like, yep, well, that's the fight we'll take. That makes sense. Like that's, and so, and I mean, it was funny in the video, right? The Oh, that was the best <laughs> part of the video. I'm so yeah. sorry, Ben. You could, you could, and uh, people almost unanimously agreed on this point. Like the video was whatever. It was Jake Paul with some bad imitations. But then when he gets to the point where he's got a Ben Askren wig on, going like this with the Soldier Boy Superman song yeah. playing, I, I lost my cool. The Diaz one was pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty solid Diaz. Like the Diaz impression isn't hard. You just have to like speed mumble your way through things. It's pretty solid. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, uh, let's get to the next topic at hand. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything here. Okay, um, we'll kind of do a two-in-one here. Anthony Pettis okay. and the PFL. The PFL, man, they got a bunch of good stars. It, it really it's starting to feel like the UFC is getting, getting to a point that it's so large that it has to part ways with some bigger names that are now finding homes 
in uh, smaller organi organizations and hopefully elevating those because I'll tell you this, I don't, even though I cover the sport, I don't consume a whole lot of PFL. I'll be tuning in for Anthony Pettis versus Clay Collard. What a, dude, Anthony Pettis, no offense to Clay, he's <laughs> actually done a great job over in boxing. Yeah. Uh, but you have to imagine Showtime is not only the favorite in that fight, but possibly the favorite all throughout the tournament. So you could be cashing in on a cool million dollars by the end of this. Now that we've had some time to sort of, you know, digest this, how good of a move do you think it was for Showtime to make his way to PFL? I think it's a great move. I mean, I think for a guy like him, for a guy like Warren McDonald, for Fabricio Verdum, um, to go over, and I mean, anybody that's done it, and, and I talked with Sarah Kaufman a bunch last year when she, or two years ago now, when she was in the lightweight tournament, a big part of it is just that certainty or that assumed certainty of knowing that you're going to get X number of fights a year. When you're, if you are confident that you're going to get to the finals, it's five fights mm -hmm. in a defined period of time. You know what your money is going to be. You can kind of plan out your life. And so for a fighter like Anthony, who is right, like amazing idea, planning out life and knowing what's, what kind of revenue you're going to make. It's great. And for a guy like Anthony, who's at the kind of taking big fights, mm -hmm. being really selective about things in the UFC, as he should be at this point of his career, it's a terrific opportunity to go over there be one of the faces of this promotion. It's got a good TV. They've got a good TV deal. They've got good opportunities and just go out and, you know, he's confident he's going to get through it. It's another good field. It's always a good field in that, in that bracket. And so it's a great opportunity for him and it makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, shout out to the live chat guys. Sorry that we've been ignoring you guys. We'll get to it before we move on to the losers portion of the section. Now let's touch on PFL real quick. It appears that they've got another round of funding. I I'm not super privy to the inner workings of you know what it means for a company's long-term potential when they can get these sort of investments. Um, who do you think is going to make a bigger splash by the end of 2021? Bellator or the PFL? Relative to their Ooh. size, I guess. I think the PFL, I think the tournament, the regular season kind of tournamenty format creates opportunities and creates talking points okay. as much as i love bellator doing the grand prix grand prix kind of always never really work out the way we want them to they take too long stuff happens there's injuries that's one of the things i like about the regular season and then into the playoff format of pfl is that there's an opportunity for for guys that we don't know or, or men and women that we don't know to kind of have a little moment in the regular season and move forward and, and get some of that momentum going into the second, the second part of things. Yeah. And so I think with some of the names that they've brought over that we talked about already, Anthony Pettis, Fabrizio Verdum, Rory McDonald, and some of the holdover guys that they have that now get a little bit of shine from these guys that have come in. I think they're the ones that are going to, going to have the bigger year because I think on the whole we're a little bit more curious to see what that next round of new names that have gone over there do. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And like I said, I'm very excited for, um, honestly, both the PFL and Bellator. I think it's yep. going to be an exciting year for both promotions. Maybe, maybe sooner or later we can get some, I feel like a Rory McDonald, Anthony Pettis fight could be kind of fun. Uh, eventually one day, perhaps. Well, uh, and it's just, just going to be nice to see like, 
the it sucked that PFL didn't have a season yeah. last year. It, it's really unfortunate. It's tough for all the people that are under contract there. It's nice to see Lance Palmer come back and try to three-peat. Yeah. It's nice to see um, the Brazilian guy whose name is escaping me at lightweight Gla- come back Gleason and try Tebow? to... Gleason Tebow? No, the no, guy that's no. won their tournament the last oh. two years. Natan Schultz, I think. Okay. Um, come back and try to get another one. He gets the bump of potentially fighting Anthony Pettis. I'm forever going to be intrigued by Kayla Harrison. So it's nice to have them back. And it's nice to see some of those people that they've already had get that shine off the names we already know. Do you know, like after taxes and stuff, how much that million they actually take home? I don't. Be interesting to find out. All right. Last thing on the winner's end. Uh, Oh man, this is, this is, whoops, this is a hard one for me, but, uh, Walt Harris and his wife, uh, Angela, launched Anaya's Heart Foundation to help families with a missing loved one. So, of course, uh, if you were in the dark for some reason, 2019, Walt Harris and his wife's daughter uh, was kidnapped and murdered, um, hence a very long layoff for Walt. Uh, I mean, there's not much I want to say here other than the fact that, boy, do I love to see that uh, Walt and his wife are able to take this, like, unspeakable horror and use it to not only sort of fuel their daughter's legacy but also help other people yeah it's it's been really i mean anybody that has ever talked to walter knows walter you talk to anybody that knows walt a hundred percent one of those guys that you absolutely root for and just a great dude so to see all of this come upon he and his family over the last couple years has just been devastating but a great piece up by by gavin porter at ufc.com talking about talking with them about launching this program, about launching this foundation and what they're aiming to do, kind of detailing the different areas they're going to be involved in. Um, Walt and Angela doing great things to sort of, as you said, further Anaya's legacy and, and turn this tragedy into something that can be productive, that hopefully, as they said in, in the piece that, that Gavin put together, hopefully they can help other people that are, stuck and end up in the same unspeakable situation navigate it where they didn't necessarily have the resources or have the knowledge it is a terrible thing to be familiar with and to have understanding of and experience with but if they can take that and and turn it into something helpful going forward it's an amazing thing it it shows the strength of that family of those individuals and it's uh, it's great to see everybody getting behind it and, and sharing that story. Agree wholeheartedly. Um, all right, guys. It's the third point of the video, although these next two sections won't be quite as long. Uh, fortunately, not too many losers. Quick reminder, if you can please hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. Super chat, if you're feeling generous, goes a long, long way. want to give a quick shout out in the chat to Axiom Films. Friends of Fightful MMA, uh, they ask about Rosenstroik versus Gunn. We'll get to that at the end. But I got to say, guys, if you're not subscribed to Axiom Films, go do so. They put together the raddest uh, short films and promos for the big UFC fights, and not just because they take a snippet of my voice here and there. Uh, the work they do is truly remarkable, uh, way better than what the UFC produces. So uh, go show them some love. All right, Joseph Bose in the chat says, I think people are still talking about Derek Lewis. Because we've been training that Curtis Blades will beat everyone not named Francis Ngannou. If not for the clogged heavyweight division, Lewis should be the number one contender. Um, Let's touch on that super briefly. So 
there was definitely a narrative where Curtis Blades is the best heavyweight contender not named Francis Ngannou. And here's the thing. Even in that Derek Lewis fight, I think he showed to be the superior overall mixed martial artist. But he ran into that power and he's done so a few times. It's hard to call it a chin issue at heavyweight, but what does Curtis Blades need to fix here if he really wants to cash in as that second or third best heavyweight that for a long time... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And we believed him to be. So I'll start it by saying I am not a technical Neither analyst. I. I I am not a coach, nor have I ever pretended to be one on television. Um, but to me, you you go back and you look at just that sequence, just that kind of uppercut that landed, and it's a naked shot. It's a telegraphed yeah. shot, and so a simple thing like Derek not being able to just kind of sit and wait on that uppercut, and Curtis changes levels and comes in without any setup those are little things you you watch the second fight with with francis and ganu and i mean he just got francis and ganu like the guy the guy comes at you i know i watched the the slow-mo replay of Ngannou's fight with rosenstrike a couple of times this week and four shots miss yeah, yeah. and then it's just one and that's all it takes and you're asleep slumped up on the fence And so I don't think it's anything huge. I think a part of it is what you said. Like there's no way to just say other than avoiding power shots that have like not getting punched in the face by a heavyweight is a, is a great starting point. He did a good job of that against a lot of these other guys. Francis Ngannou is a guy. It's hard to not get punched by. He is devastatingly fast. The power is freakish. Derek isn't as fast, but the power might be even more freakish. Yeah. And so if you don't present him those opportunities, you don't show him that kind of telegraphed shot, maybe it goes different. It's so funny. No matter how bad that first fight was, the, the thought of Francis Ngannou and Derek oh, Lewis man. fighting just like sets off fireworks. It is truly like two big bosses in a video game. It's like King Kong versus Godzilla, um, however you want to. <laughs> distribute as that. bad yeah. as that movie is gonna be yeah as bad as that movie is gonna be. i thought it already came out because like the the what was the one where king, was it a king kong movie that where there were like six other monsters in it still uh no that was godzilla that was 2 king of the monsters there we go I, I which yes i have watched because i waste time like you know, a champion. i did tell my girlfriend we should watch it though only because we both have like a fascination of 
Googling like photos of sea monsters and stuff. Like not, okay. not authentic yeah. ones. We just like the idea yeah. of really scary looking things. And so I feel like, you know, maybe I, I would never dare because I, will, I like I mean, US I... customs, but perhaps my girlfriend decided to indulge in some legal activities north of the border. Uh, I feel like she would like a bunch of scary monsters. <laughs> I mean, I, I will watch terrible movies just to watch terrible movies every once in a while. Sometimes sometimes that's what you need is just a, a bad movie about fictitious giant monsters fighting each other. Yeah, like we watch so many like super well-received new horror right. movies, but it gets to the point where we're like, eh, we just want something stupid and scary yeah. to look at. Like these are all really yeah. thought-provoking and interesting and tense, but like where is the, where is a stupid jump scare when you need one? Uh, and yeah. Max Alkakui Holloway says, Stipe's UFC debut, Rogan pronounced it Miosik. Bro, there's a lot of things I trust Joe Rogan about. Name pronunciation probably isn't one of them. But thank you for that piece of trivia. Okay, let's move on to the losers very quickly. Because um, we do have to be out around the top of the hour. First up, it's in the headline. It's funny. doesn't involve any professional MMA fighter, but possibly the most talked about story in the MMA bubble and outside all week. There's this footage of a uh, football player, a wide receiver at OU, getting beat the fuck up by a man with MMA training. So you see them. Oh, dude, we're we're still over. The Spencer and I are both here in BC, Canada, and you know the restrictions are still pretty tight. Um, I will say, watching four <laughs> grown men roll around in bar piss, yeah, makes me think that quarantine hasn't been so bad. Uh, but if you haven't seen the footage, I don't know how you missed it. But the video turns on, and there's two guys who I think were both football, college football players, sort of in the face of these other two gentlemen. Um, the football player in question, Spencer Jones, vis- visibly shoves the other man, who proceeds to light him up, hits him with a good combo, takes him down, hunts for a rear naked choke. And I, there's two guys, but I think I think the one we're talking about slammed the football player might have gone out immediately and then just started raining some punches down on him required eye surgery now there's a whole legal fiasco i think it sort of predicates on yes the football player appears to have stirred the altercation but at what point should the mma trained guy have stopped um but i will say i'm sure there's sympathy on the football player's side there's a lot of support for uh this mma trained individual because they had a GoFundMe to raise money for his legal case and it hit 50k pretty quick uh yeah how do you feel about this situation do you have any sympathy at all for the football (laughs) player based on what limited footage we have i mean first and foremost i'm in the same boat as you i saw that and was like man nobody's got a mask on the one dude's got his drink in the bathroom like that's just way too many people in there like there's a whole bunch of protocol and etiquette stuff that's just wrong about that video as far as, you know, Spencer Jones and, and what came his way, I don't have a lot of sympathy. Um, you know, you, you picked a fight because you're trying to big time somebody because you're Spencer Jones, Oklahoma Sooner, and dude called your bluff and just wailed on you. Now, does the MMA trained guy need to recognize the situation and maybe ease off at some point? absolutely the points the points made the message is received he's not get like spencer jones isn't getting up and being like i'm ready for more he's not doing the captain america i could do this all day at a certain point when you've 
already beat the hell out of him, stop beating the hell out of him. But in terms of the initial, you shoved the dude and we're probably talking a bunch of shit. Kind of got what was coming to you. Yeah, I I saw some. I was listening to Luke Thomas read off some of the the chat, the donations, and the messages accompanying them. And one guy was like, uh, "I I used to get bullied a lot in high school, and I never had the the confidence to stand up to them. So here's ten dollars, good work." And I think well, and I mean, that's the sentiment for a lot of people, isn't it? And so I will also share here that I am a very horrible, notorious in my younger days drunk shit talker to whoever like put a few drinks in me and i think i'm six six and i think i'm francis and and i probably needed that beating six or eight times in my life and so to see it a i go hey it's a guy named spencer that got clobbered that probably could have and should have been me in my younger days but i mean you know that's that's what happens and and more and more i can't remember who it was that i saw i think it was pat mcafee the former punter now wwe commentator part-time wrestler whatever he is just all around brand saying like there's more of these mma dudes walking the streets now than you understand truly you gotta be be, like you gotta be careful and and i don't mean that in a like joking playful like you don't know who you're messing around with who you're talking to what's gonna happen and so kind of pick your battles a little more wisely, Spencer Jones. Yeah, I'll, I'll share a story here, too. It's like, you know, I've been uh, training jujitsu for a number of years. I don't consider myself good by any means. But what I've sort of discovered in my personal life growing up is like when you have something to fall back on, it all, at least in my case, it, it makes you more. It helps you diffuse situations better. Because I remember when yep. I was young. And you get panicked, and you have the fight or flight instinct, and you think you're about to get into a fight, and you don't know what to do. So you almost in, in initially rely on, uh, you know, being aggressive. If anything, I've gone really good at like de-escalating issues in public. Um, but I had this friend, more a friend of a friend's, but I consider him a friend. My friend started getting um, shoved around by some dude in a bar, and then all of his friends, you know, it turned like a little scrap inside the bar, and the other guys got kicked out. So, you know, my friend and his friends were sort of the heroes of that situation. Now, one of those mutual friends thought he was hot shit now. So the next time they go out, he (laughs) starts trying to pick a fight with the biggest dude in the room for no reason. And that dude was being super chill about it. Um, And and the tall guy ends up getting kicked out of the bar. So him and his friends wait. And when my friends come out, those guys are waiting. And this acquaintance, this mutual friend is so scared that it's actually about to go down that I, I think he gets like hit once maybe he starts running with his phone out calling the cops on this other dude it was it was so messy and i told my friend there i'm like if i was there i would have put our friend in a rear naked choke right away before i let him right. get into a street yeah. fight with his big ass suit because you i know this guy and he can't fight and i can't yeah. fight but i don't right. know who that guy is and it's entirely possible that he's gonna waste you <laughs> So you've got to be careful. Yeah, there's, I mean, Spencer Jones probably never got punched in the mouth like that before in his life. Let's be honest. And, you know, at some point, it it really does teach you a lesson. It's, I don't advocate violence. I don't encourage violence. I want everybody to try to get along as, as well as they can. 
there is some value to knowing what it's like to get punched in the mouth agreed and recognizing that i don't want to get punched in the mouth agreed 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 and uh while i i completely well i have no sympathy for the college football player spencer jones if if things did pan out the way they appeared to on film as a as someone with combat sports training you also got to be careful because if you don't know how to turn your switch off and it appeared in that situation that that guy couldn't turn a switch off regardless of the you know who deserved what you could find yourself in a lot of legal trouble look if you if you if you double leg someone on concrete and they get brain damage you're probably going to jail so you got to be very careful with your there's no herb dean to you know rip Derek lewis off of curtis blades you need to know when to stop and if you can't because you're drunk or something you should probably be conscious about how much you're drinking yep good advice there we go all right full of it man chock full of it all right last thing on the loser section Uh, this isn't really fair I don't know why I put this in the loser section, but it, it appears that uh, on the undercard of Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, we're going to have a boxing match between former world champion Antonio Tarver, famously as a TKO win over Roy Jones Jr. in 2004. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Mike Tyson didn't get, didn't get a TKO win over Roy Jones Jr., I can tell you that much. Uh, versus Frank Mir, former UFC heavyweight champ, Bellator fighter Frank Mir, slipping on the boxing gloves. I think Frank is 41 in this case, while Tarver is 52. I think the older you get, the more that age gap really matters. To be honest, and maybe this isn't because this is because I'm not like a boxing head, but Frank Mir and Antonio Tarver does nothing for me. And this is not to say I'm too good for freak show fights, but these two (laughs) names in particular will not at all compel me to buy Ben versus Jake any more than I would have previously. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I didn't buy Tyson Jones and I'm, you know, very familiar and and very fond of both of those men's work back in the day. And and terrible viewing experiences. (laughs) And occasionally terrible viewing experiences and wasting money at that too. I mean, um, and so, I mean, I appreciate frank having some fun with it when he talked about it and announced it on his podcast with richard hunter saying you know it's it's very it's not many times going forward that i'm going to get to be the younger guy in a in a matchup and so i know he was signed and and apparently preparing for you know moving over to bare knuckles and so it's boxing same kind of same general training he talked about how stepping in there helps him as a coach in terms of coaching his daughter who's making the transition into MMA. But it's it's one of those things, exactly like you said. Antonio Tarver last fought, I think it's August of, of 2015. He's 52. It's a 52-year-old fighting a 41-year-old. The 41-year-old doesn't have any actual boxing experience. Oh, not a great not, MMA I boxer mean, either. Just, and not a great MMA. Yeah, it's not like he is a striker that we were like, oh, well, at least it's a striker. He is a yeah. jiu-jitsu guy primarily. And so it, it doesn't move. I mean, I saw it announced yesterday. I think it was, or two days ago now. It doesn't move the needle for me. I understand why it's happening. I understand there will be more fights like this probably added to the undercard of that show or happening in the future, but it's, it's not my cup of tea. All right. A uh, quick prediction on that. Who do you got? 52 year old Tarver or 41 year old Frank Mir? Tarver. It's boxing. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I mean, shout out to our chat because they basically just 
report the news for us on there. <laughs> More than they like contribute uh, ideas, they do my job for me. They do what I should be getting paid for. So very quickly, we'll just touch on these two losers. Uh, Alex Oliveira fight is off. His opponent, whose name is escaping me, uh, had some sort of illness, couldn't compete. And then Maxime Grisham weighed in at 210 for what I assume hopefully was a light heavyweight fight. Light heavyweight fight, Justin yeah. Jacoby. We don't need another repeat of last <laughs> week. Um, okay, let's very quickly do a little UFC Vegas 20 preview. He's Spencer Kite. You are uh, you are you are the most fan like media member I know in the sense that it's like yo, if the fights are on, I'm watching. I don't care what it is. Um, <laughs> Godzilla, 100%. King Kong, go scrap. I'm there. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? The standard is not quite as high. You give me you, 15 like fights that. on a Saturday afternoon. You're in. Sounds You're good in. to me. Hey, a, 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 a fight a, a fight fans fight fan. I like it. The guy. I, guys, follow East Spencer Kite. He's one of you. <laughs> Coach Kavanaugh. <laughs> Hang out with East Spencer Kite. He's one of you. All right. Um, Ironically, I'm blocked by John Kavanaugh, <laughs> as many people are. Everyone is. Um, many people are. Okay. Very quickly, uh, we'll go to axioms. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to do predictions too long, just because everyone does them. Um, in fact, I got you to do them. I, we've Vegas done them. Video. Yeah. Uh, Rosenstreich gone. Who wins and how? I'll just ask you two questions. One, do you think Rosenstreich is as big of an underdog as he should be? Is that about plus 250 last time I checked? And um, do you think we got a finish from Gone here? I do think we get a finish from Gone. Um, I think the 250 is maybe a little bit too big of an underdog. I think it's a closer fight than that line. But I, I really like the potential of Cyril Gone. You know, the, the Rosenstreich fight with... Alistair Overeem is the one that a lot of people are citing as like, well, he only needs one. I still, I mean, I watched it back again yesterday. I still don't know if that should have been a, a walk-off stoppage. Like that very much felt like Rosenstroik walking off made Dan Mergliotta yeah. be like, yeah, all right, I'll stop. There are four seconds left. You tell me Overeem couldn't have stood up and stumbled around for four seconds and then won on the cards. And so I think Cyril Gon's the real deal. I think we, we see him be careful in the first round and he gets a finish somewhere in the middle rounds. And then uh, I'll ask you this real quick. What is your, Oh, actually I, I mentioned this yesterday or last week, perhaps that um, Derek Lewis, he says he wants to fight with Alistair Overeem, but do you agree that the right match to make is Lewis versus the winner of this fight? Cause I think that without a doubt would be your number one contender once the smoke clears. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously you have to think a little bit about, Alexander Volkov, who had a great performance a couple of weeks ago. Um, but to me, yeah, this is, this is the guy you pair off with. The winner of this one is, is who you pay off with Derek Lewis. I know he wants that, that Alistair Overeem fight. But that Honestly, feels like smart call, it feels though. like it's a smart call, but it also feels like moving backwards. And I don't think the UFC is just going to be like, yeah, let's move backwards. Because if they, if, if, if they can turn that into a bit of a grudge match, which it already kind of is, only fueled further by the Curtis Blades KO, that's a... That's true. Compare, you know, relatively speaking, it's perhaps an easier route for Derek yeah. Lewis to secure another win and stay active, by which point you assume he would then be sort of crowned the next number one contender. Yep. So good call on his end, I think. Um, and then last thing, what's your sort of under the radar fight? Mine for sure has to be Jimmy Rivera versus Pedro Munoz. Perhaps won't be the most exciting fight. Jimmy Rivera is weird in the sense. I love the guy. He's been super uh, available to me in his career. Um, <laughs> great striker but it just always feels like it's there's a ton of activity but it just always ends up going to a decision you know it's it feels like a lot of 
it's a very high paced point fighting striking and that's not intentional per se but it kind of appears to be a trend nonetheless i think that's your highest level fight on the card what do you think yeah definitely a great fight two top 10 bantamweights the first fight was really fun pedro munoz is is a guy that i talked to jimmy before this one he was like no i i love this fight even though i already have a win over him because i know we're gonna just stand in the pocket and sling so it should and pedro be fun. will so and pedro 100 percent will he is very happy to get punched in the face to land one on you um i've got a couple the coming event i love the fight nikita krilov uh Magomed and Kalaev, both top 10 range e light heavyweights um i think the world of Ankalaev is a prospect i really like just from a weirdness perspective the alex caceres kevin kroom fight caceres mm-hmm. you know what i mean like caceres has been around for a dozen years always gonna like him and then kevin kroom shows up at the media day wearing like yellow tinted sunglasses with nunchucks over his neck i'm in give me all the crazy and then the lightweights, Tiago Moises and, and Alex Hernandez. Really interested to see what a second fight under Mark Montoya does for Alex Hernandez, who got that super quick push after two wins, ran into a cowboy, learned some lessons, got punched in the mouth by Drew Dober, and is now kind of on this on the figuring it out tip. And so that's a really good fight that that isn't getting a ton of attention. Uh, Joseph Bose in the chat says, mine is Ashley Oder versus Angela Hill, made literally at the 12th hour, and Montana De La Rosa versus Myra Bueno Silva. Joseph Bose, a fan of the female fighters. Good to hear, man. They put on some scraps. I do worry it's a little bit soon for Yoder to be getting matched up with Hill. She just got her, you know, her legs underneath her in yeah. the UFC, and now getting someone as tough as Angela Hill. I worry because I like both girls. I worry it might yeah. be a little too much too soon for Yoder. And last thing we're going to touch on, if you're still good to go for another minute or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Max Alcaculi Holloway wants to know, where does Volkov fit into the heavyweight picture? I guess it depends on what sort of matchmaking you do. But let's say Lewis gets the Overeem fight he wants. Perhaps you could do Volkov versus the winner of Rosenstruck. I think there's some combination of Overeem um, or some sort of combination of Derek Lewis, Jarzinho Rosenstruck, Cyril Gaon, Alex Volkov, right? Some combination there. Yeah, so this is the this is this shameless plug portion of this because I wrote about my ideas for the heavyweight division earlier this week at spencerkite.substack.com. I was about to ask Kimura, you to plug anyway. So. The, the keyboard Kimura newsletter. Um, I think it obviously everything depends on how things shake out at the end of next month with the main event. Um, for me, if Stipe wins, I say you give Alexander Volkov, Francis Ngannou, it keeps... And Ganu in the mix, it's the kind of win that Volkov needs to really cement himself as, as a championship contender. Um, and then if if Nganu wins and he gets the belt, I really hope they don't convince Stipe to do a trilogy. I don't think we need that again. I think we need to move forward and not backwards. And, and in that case, I think you give Alexander Volkov whoever comes out on the losing side of this weekend's fight for the same reasons. It's still very much two guys that are in contention. It's a main event caliber fight. You move one of them right back into the mix and and go from there. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good call. And that is our show, guys. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of beat me to the punch here, but Spencer, where can the people find you? Uh, on Twitter, at Spencer Kite, uh, the Keyboard Kimura newsletter, spencerkite.substack.com. I try to write three or four pieces a week. We do predictions every week that aren't going well this year because it's been a really competitive year in the UFC. I'm hoping to reverse that starting this weekend, but 
no guarantees. Don't get at me in my mentions if you follow my picks and lose money. It ain't my fault if you're choosing to gamble. Um, and other than that, yes, yeah, easiest thing is just Twitter, man. I'm I'm shameless with the self promotion, so everything I do will come through my Twitter timeline. So just follow me at Spencer Kite. Yeah, and guys, if you're looking, I mean, first of all, go read Spencer's picks, but and our picks over at Fightful at YouTube.com/slash Fightful MMA. But if you're betting. Go to an MMA odds breaker. Go to MMA Mania. Go to Dan yeah. Tom of MMA Junkie. Picking who you think is going to win and making strategic bets are two very, very different things. Uh, all right. That is all for our show today. That knowledge comes for free. If you guys want to support what we do, return the favor for that good faith uh, you know, tip I gave you. Hit subscribe. Tap the notification bell. Leave a like on this video. The numbers are ticking up every day. It's great to see. So thank you for doing that. Shout out to everyone who engaged with us in the live chat. A special shout out to our downloads over, you know, our podcast, audio only listeners. You guys are the foundation of what we do. So thank you for keeping us afloat. You can follow me on Twitter at shock underscore foo. Enjoy UFC Vegas 20. It's time for that crappy, crappy outro. So stay tuned for everything fightful and so delightful. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.